ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. Josh Rowe, how are you? I'm good. I can't complain. Well, thank you very much for coming and visiting with us at ATV Talk. Uh, I know we don't do a lot of personal uh, in-house interviews, but uh, we're making an exception and and we're really glad to have you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, how's the COVID thing treating you? Uh, I mean, knock on wood, it hasn't affected me too much, but I mean, it's been crazy just, I mean, going into your, you know, your, your daily stores and everything with, I mean, it, it makes you, makes you feel like you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be out there, but I mean, it's just something that I guess we all got to deal with. Yeah. It's a little crazy. I mean, uh, our business is, is opened up quite a bit and, and it's just wide open and yeah, wearing a mask when you're trying to talk to somebody is, is counterproductive to how things go normally go yeah it's yeah it's 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 a bit of a pain i feel like some of it's a little overkill and a lot of the stuff that they do i mean they allow us to go into all these stores with hundreds of people but we can't go you know to the park it's like it i mean just it, a lot of it doesn't make sense but i mean i guess it may yeah. it may not make a lot of sense <laughs> to when people listen to this right because this will be Maybe when there are no more masks and COVID's gone. Right, right, right. You know. I, can, I can only hope. <laughs> so um, you ride a lot of ATVs and you've been around uh, the industry a long time and you've made quite a mark for yourself as the guy to pick if you want your desert team to win races. And um, we're going to get to that a little in the in the in the story at, at one of our episodes. I call it called you a hired a hired throttle, um, and I kind of mean that because yeah, yeah. you, you want to win, you hire Josh Rowe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I, I got a lot of the experience from from racing the the short course, and I obviously started in desert when I was a kid with my dad racing forever. So, I mean, yeah, getting the getting the, 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 the groundwork done for, for learning the desert and being able to read the terrain and, and having good equipment is always, you know, the, the, the key in, in desert racing. So yeah, I, uh, that's definitely been, been one of my, one of my strong suits was the desert always, especially racing works. That was always, I, I come in the motocross track and always flounder, but when it was time to go out into the big whoops and the sand and dust, it was, it was uh, go time. I don't think you ever floundered, sir. I, <laughs> I, I you, you may not have been as good as, as a guy like Davey or Bo or or some of the other guys, but you were you held your own and you were really you were you were a good rider. So don't don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Um, let's let's touch back in time. Uh, I've known you since you were an infant, and um, that's not saying a whole lot because I'm like a million years old. Um, but you had some issues early on in your racing career, um, and you had some issues as you were growing up. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit because not everybody knows that that it wasn't always easy for you yeah i uh i i always had um because the, the works races used to be two hours long and the races were super hot and super dusty and and they were gnarly and but i, I mean i trained every day but i still at the like the one hour hour 15 mark i'd i'd be thrown up in my helmet and and couldn't 
couldn't figure out what was going on. I just always thought like, oh, I need to train harder. I'm not in, not in good enough shape to run with these guys. Just always thought thought you know that was that was the issue. And I uh, I always had super bad stomach issues. And I mean, I've had tons of tons of tests and doctors visits and stuff like that. And it ended up turning out after about five years of testing, they finally figured out that I had a hyperthyroid. So once I finally figured that out, unfortunately, that was about when I it was I had like maybe maybe a year left of racing works that I had figured out that I so all this time I had been racing all these works races just I mean trying to overcome mentally thinking that you know I'm just not in good enough shape to run with these guys but in theory I mean obviously it was just my my thyroid and and once I figured that out I mean it kind of I um works was kind of slowing down at that point and I ended up switching over to doing just Baja and best in the desert stuff. So it, I mean, I, I always, I always think back to like, man, I, I wish I would have, wish I would could have figured that out sooner to see if I would have, you know, been able to, to, to push to the front. Cause those guys were, I mean, I could, I could hang with them for an hour, hour and a half always, but I, as soon as I would lose my stomach, I just, I mean, I had no gas in the tank. So it was, uh, it was, it was tough, but I mean, it was, it was, uh, just something I had to deal with throughout my, throughout my career um do you think that you'll ever make that transition back into works um I, i'm not sure I've, I've just it it's it's so hard now that the 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 whole side-by-side -side thing has just gone gone through the roof that it's i don't know i i I, I love i love quads there's things that i can do on a quad that i could never could never do sitting in a golf cart but i uh I, I just love the competition and now like seeing all the seeing the works races and seeing how how big the class is. I mean they're it's growing every year. Like even even in Best in the Desert, like we raced the last few years and there's only a few entries and and we had like now there's there it just keeps growing and growing. So it seems like every time I get out of something that they just wanna, you know, they wanna come come back. It's kinda weird how that works. But is there a trend there? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah, I, I it, it it's hard because like when I was I was talking to Bo about it, I'm like when when we would race works, the guys in pro am we would lap them. So it's like, why, I mean, obviously, why would a pro am want to come up and race pro? They're like, that guy's gonna lap me. There's no, I have no chance against that guy. Why would I even try? So like, I could stay down in pro am and have a great time and get on the podium and do the whole deal. So it's it was like at that time. Now, I mean, Bo and Sloan are the two the two top guys, but it's like. I mean, they like now I feel like they move up. It's like, well, I got, you know, I got a shot at the, the, the a podium, you know, cause right. everybody's kind of on the same playing field. So it's just me and Bo were talking about it. I mean, yeah, like him and Sloan will like check out on the field. So I don't know. I just think back to when we were, when we were racing, when I first started pro-am, I mean, there was 40, 50 guys in pro-am and you had to qualify to, 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 get there. to, to get there. And now it's like, yeah, if you, if you can fill out the entry form, you're in. So it's it's it kind of sucks that it, it went to that because it was really cool when it was when it was booming it was it was a lot of fun but i think it's going to come back it's just like a cycle that goes through with everything and and atv racing isn't the cheapest thing in the world you know there there is a cost to it um, but that being said when you were training for your works career and your desert career um how do you go about it in you know, give us like a, a detailed plan for a day or a couple days in your training routine. Um, so when I was racing, when I raced with Dustin Nelson on the factory Yamaha, I 
I mean, we would go mountain bike two to three days a week and we'd go moto for two, like two days a week. And then we were prepping stuff to go racing that weekend. So, I mean, we would, I would do about 10 to 12 miles on the mountain bike, climbing a, a couple thousand feet and then come home and work on work on the practice quads and try and get those things running because i'd just beat those things into oblivion and um and then we go run the next day we go up to mccain's we have like a like a four and a half five minute track that we would run run around mccain's that me and dustin just got so burned in that i mean if you could do if you could do we and dustin always said if you could do three laps on that track if you could do 15 minutes at 100 percent at 100 percent, you could do you could do a two hour main event at a works race, no problem. And that, cause that's how just tore up and gnarly that track was. I mean, it was absolutely just, it was pain every time we went there, but it was, it, it was really good. Cause it got me to where I, where I needed to be. Did you pull off more than three laps? Oh, well, well, that's the thing. You, you could do three laps. It was just, if you could do it at a hundred percent. So you, well, you I mean, it, Oh no, no. I, I got to where I got to where I could do almost 45 minutes on that track to where I could, I, I, I would push myself to run. I mean, I could, uh, ultimately we could go, I think it was about two weeks, like probably four days at that track. And we, we either break a subframe or destroy a rear shock. I mean, that thing was, it was hammered. I mean, that was the thing where that was a, the bummer deal about the quad is that once we got to that level of being able to push the equipment that hard, that it was almost impossible to even keep, keep them running. Like, I mean, we, when I switched back to the Honda and I started riding at, at McCain's, I mean, I go through frames, pivot bolts. I mean, you name it, I was folding stuff off that quad. Like it just, I, it could not hold up to what I wanted to do to it. And it was like, it was, that's why I eventually switched over to a motorcycle because I could, I mean, yeah, I wasn't the fastest, but I could still get the same cardio and, and it was, and I can get a motorcycle go 150 hours before I even touch a motor in the quad. It was like lucky to get 20, 25 out of it just on the rev limiter. So it was, it was. It the was, cross training for, to the dirt bike is what helped you, which I was going to get to asking you. Right. Because you felt that when you got to a certain level that you could take the training on the motorcycle and keep you at quad level Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was probably not as aggressive because obviously I don't have the talent on the, on the bike that I do on the quad to where I can, you know, put, push it super hard. Cause obviously when you're, you're riding the quad and I'm pushing it as hard as I can, I mean, my heart rates run like 180, 190. So on the bike, I can't really do that. Cause I don't have that much trust in my front wheel, but I, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I could, I could go ride it all day long though. We could go, I can go get, you know, pretty close to the same, the same workout on it. So that's why I, I, went to switch over to that. That way I could just, I mean, keep, keep riding instead of, you know, just have to go ride mountain bikes. And that was about all I could do, do when, you, when the quad was down. Do you keep up on international affairs very, very much? No. Like any other type of racing? Uh, I mean, I like, I follow Jeremy Warnier and, and all those guys over in France. What and, I'm talking about is, have you heard the story coming out of MotoGP? Mm-mm. Mark Marquez, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's probably the fastest guy to ever yeah. ride a motorcycle. Right. Fell off last Saturday and broke his arm. Okay. He's racing <laughs> this Saturday. Right. And I didn't know if you'd heard. Oh, no, I did not. I did not know uh, that. Yeah. I mean, I find it kind of hard to believe that uh, you, you fall off that hard. And, yeah. And yeah, I had. Yeah, I had some. 
some spills in my day that weren't. You fell off? Yeah, a few times. I, I ended up, I actually had, this is a, this is a good story. I, when I was racing with Dustin Nelson on Factory Yamaha, I, Dustin let me borrow one of his motorcycles because I didn't have a motorcycle at the time. He let me borrow one of his motorcycles. I went to uh, Paula for my, my friend's birthday. We were going to all go ride the vet track. We're just having fun, cruising, just hanging out, no, nothing crazy. And one of my friends cut me off, like in the middle of a jump, I went down and I ended up destroying my left shoulder and it knocked me out and I destroyed my, it was my, uh, my rotator cuff and my labrum. And so I went in and got all the, like, I, it, it was painful, but I mean, I, it was li like live with it. My right shoulder had always been a trouble for me since I started racing. I crashed a long time ago and that was always an issue. And, but I just dealt with it. And I went and I went and got the MRI and we were on our way. We were, I remember this like it was yesterday. We get off the freeway. My mom calls me and she's like, hey, uh, um, you're not going racing this weekend, are you? I'm like, uh, yeah, we're getting off the getting off the exit for Speed World right now for quad cross. And she's like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I was like, why is that? She's like, oh, they called with your MRI results and your labor or your uh, rotator cuff is completely destroyed and your labrum is torn all the way back to your shoulder. I'm like, well, it doesn't feel that bad. And I already rode. I, I had rode Washougal, which was like <laughs> two weeks before the works race, which was really gnarly in the roots. And, right. and my shoulder stayed in. The doctor goes, there's no way his shoulder can stay in doing this. I asked my mom, like, can you call him back and just ask him if it, I mean, knock on wood, I don't fall again. But well, I mean, if I do anything, can they fix it? And the, she called the doctor. The doctor's like, yeah, we fix that stuff every day. I'm like, well, cool. We're going racing then because <laughs> I'm already here and my quads are ready to go. So, yeah, it was uh, that, that weekend. Actually, me and Dustin went one and two in uh, at, at quad cross. That was, that was a good weekend. It was but it was so funny because the doctor on Monday when we went in for the doctor appointment to schedule surgery, he's like, you really race this weekend? I was showing them the 100 foot Del or uh, the tabletop in the back at, yep. at quad cross is like you gotta be kidding me like no it's no problem <laughs> <laughs> that hey that that's what it takes to to get to the level that you want to yeah. be oh yeah yeah uh, you gotta want it so you're transitioning you you we went backwards we went forward right, a little right. bit you grew up in the southern california desert akatia akatia wells yep. um how much racing did you do at a young age down there um, I, I really didn't get into racing quad, like quads till I was probably 16 or so. Um, little backstory, my dad's raced quads since I was out of the womb and I've been around it my whole life. My dad got me on a little PW80 when I was little. And so he wanted me to ride bikes, but always wanted to be like dad. So hopped on a quad and then um local series was district 38 i'd go race district 38 and that was like the the big building block for me for um like getting my speed and reading the terrain and and that was where like danny prather wayne matlock all those guys they made their you know their their uh their, they did all their groundwork down there too because if you could i've always said if you could ride that desert and you can ride it fast you can pretty much go down anywhere and race anywhere because that desert has things that sneak up on you so quick that, um, yeah, I, I learned a lot. But, yeah, I raced raced all District 38. And, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I always I always uh, I always looked up to Wayne and Danny. That was kind of like th those were the top dogs when I first started. So I always wanted to, 
you know, try and hang with them or be able to beat them one day. And that wasn't for, uh, for years down the road. Well, it, it did happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Danny was still riding much when you started your dominance in the desert. Um, I know Wayne was a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you were uh, riding against bo- uh, both of them uh, a little bit in Baja uh, at the end for Danny. Yep. yep. Wayne. Yeah. I, uh, uh, in 2012 was like uh, when it was Danny. When I started to get up up to speed where they were at, Danny was already transitioned. Much, he was he was just desert. running best in the desert. Yeah, yeah. and I only ran. Baja and like I would do Disher 38 or works and stuff like that. I didn't really dabble in best in the desert too much, but I, uh, yeah. So when I would, was racing Disher 38, it definitely, once I, I raced Disher 38, started getting pretty quick at it. And I, about 2008, I got into racing works. I started racing pro-am and once I got into works and learning the short course and, and like dialing in my braking and my corner speed and my jumping and all that stuff, once I went back to the desert, that was where my real speed like started to develop. Because once I got all the, the mechanics of that, because like desert racing, you can kind of, you can, you can slouch because I mean, obviously you're out in the middle of nowhere. There's the analogy that I've always been taught <clears throat> is a true formed desert racer it gets attacked by the bumps. Right. Because he's hitting the bumps. Right. You know, uh, you know, it's not like he is aggressive. Like you take a motocross guy or a, or a guy that comes from short course. Right. He is attacking the bump, not getting hit by the bump. Right. You know? And, and I feel like it was cool because go going from the desert to, cause everybody always says like, Oh, if you start in desert, you can't do the short course stuff. And, that's all baloney because I started in the desert and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, when I first started racing works, I would go to, I had a 2005 TRX 450 and I would go up to, up to milestone and they had a vet track and I would, I had an IMS desert tank on it and I'd go out there and everybody's like, Oh, like you were just born with skill like this and that. And no, I'd go up there and I'd ride for two full tanks and two desert tanks on a, on a motocross track and I'd learn how to jump and, and corner and do all that stuff. And it did not come overnight. Like I had to work my butt off to get right to get to where I wanted to be. And like, everybody's like, Oh, you know, like you, you picked it up so quick. And like, you have no idea what I do during the week to, to, to figure this out. So it was, uh, cause I, I, I there's, there's also the, yeah, you want to be fast, but you also want to be smooth. Like, I mean, speed only goes so far if you're destroying your equipment. So, that was that's also the the kicker. Well, yeah, you got to save it to fir- finish first. You must first finish for sure. So, learning the transition of taking care of your machine, the sacrifice of training, and and, and that comes back to the conversation where we, we were. I was trying to get with you earlier about your training regiment and how detailed it got, so that maybe some of the younger people would understand the sacrifices you have to go through to get to the level that you desire. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like to each his own. I mean, I, I, I really like the, I, for whatever reason, I'm not sure if it's my, my physicality or what it is, but when I would go, like all my friends would in high school or even out of high school, it was like, Oh, we're going to the gym and go do like weight training, like lifting stuff like that. I'd never gotten into any of that just because 
the next day I feel so horrible. Like I literally, it's like, I hate the muscle fatigue after doing stuff like that. And that's why I always stuck to mountain biking or cardio style stuff, just because like that, that was where I noticed like my strength. And that was why when I was doing the works and you're doing the two hour main events, you can, I always said like after an hour and a half, hour and a half, you could you could see where the where the men and the boys were because that was where it was it was gonna who was gonna step up or who was gonna you know move out of the way because there was guys that they gap you and an hour an hour and fifteen in they're literally just a gear high like just trying not to pass out and fall off their bike so because there was guys that obviously and then it was like a game of cat and mouse it was like okay is, is he gonna like how hard is he gonna push and how hard can he handle that because like. I mean, Hagsma was in good shape, but Hagsma's speed was so fast that he could gap us so far that we couldn't catch him. Like he could sit on the seat for the last lap and a half because it didn't matter Like because he was so far gone. And mentally, like if you could keep somebody in your sights, like if I if I could keep Bo in my sights for for the whole race and it was like, OK, like you could see him like, you know, kind, kind of make him like little bobbles or hiccups or stuff like that, or even with Nelson. But Hagsma, he'd get just out of your sight range to where you're like, okay, God, I got, that's just, I got nothing for this guy. Like, I mean, so, like, I, I can't get into that range of being able to, you know, see him. Cause I mean, we're all going through the same thing. The track is just completely destroyed. But I mean, one of the main guys that I always looked up to is Josh Frederick. I mean, that guy, I watched him do some things on a quad that I didn't even know were, were possible. I mean, just absolutely. And that he was one of the, the guys that, that kind of took, like the 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 training regimen to the next level in works because like you had guys that like like in in like motocross or supercross like Villapoto that went and got a trainer and, and took it to that next level and and Frederick was that guy. I mean he could get a fifth place start and ride around in third place and then come an hour and a half he'd be gapped out by 20, 30 seconds because I mean that was when it was like okay it's time to turn it on now and he could he could do it. I mean it was it was so impressive. But yeah, it, it, it's it. I listened to stories about some of the road biking he did and then, you know, riding a practice bike, it just totally into submission. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, we're yeah. just, you might as well just throw it in the trash. There's no reason to even put it in the garage. Yeah, it, it, he, he did some when my dad was uh, doing desert racing stuff, he did some desert racing stuff. And I, I was always I was as a kid, I always because my my dad was like the top dog in the desert. So like those guys were kind of looking up to my dad and like as a kid, I was around all these guys and Frederick and Danny Prather and Matlock and all those guys, they were just, they, they were like still human, you know, like there was guys that I go talk to and they would like, get out of your kid, you know, like wouldn't even give me the time of day. But those guys were like always the core guys that like, I mean, the most down to earth, nice dudes, you put a helmet on them and they just want to kill. Like it was, <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah, it was cool. Well, you know, there's nothing like pinning its ears back across the desert and you know uh, i mean i like to tell stories about vegas sereno and just uh, you're out there in nowhere land and all you hear is the motor and the whistle of the wind in your ear and you know oh, yeah. you lose track of where you are almost oh yeah so uh, i i know that um you you had a good stint with your dad um i believe there was some you got to race with your dad at some point yeah. Yeah. We, uh, actually, well, actually my very first ever race ever, my, my dad and my dad and my uncle were racing, uh, Vegas Torino. And it was like two weeks before the race, my uncle had crashed and I was 15 years old. And my dad was like, Hey, call calls me. And he's like, Hey, you think, uh, 
you think you can race Vegas Trino with me? I'm like, no. Like I've never, I mean, I've done like District 38 races, like 100 mile races. That was about it. And he's like, no, no, I, I think you can do it. You'd be fine. And so I remember I walk into my mom's room. I'm like, hey, mom, so uh, what do you think about me racing Vegas Trino with, with my dad? She's like, um, absolutely not. I'm like, well, Uncle Tony, I guess, just crashed and like broke his shoulder or something. And my dad needs somebody to ride with. And so my, my dad somehow ended up talking my mom into it. And so my dad's like, I just need you to do, you know, like 150, 200 miles. Like, just just give me a break. That's all I want. I'm like, okay. And I, I remember like it was yesterday. My dad comes in the pit. I hop on the car. He's like, just go have fun. Don't like, don't go crazy. Just have fun. I'm like, okay. So I take off and I ride my, my couple sections. No problem. And we're, we're up about, uh, we're like pit 13. There's like two pits left heading to the finish. And we had a few problems throughout the day. And the, the, sun, the sun's coming down. And we, we don't have any lights, by the way. And... The sun's coming down and I'm sitting there and I'm putting my helmet on. I remember I was strapping it up and I'm like not thinking nothing, no big deal. And and uh, this guy comes around and he's like, hey, trophy trucks are about 10 minutes out. Trophy trucks are about 10 minutes out. I remember I took my helmet off and threw it in the back of the truck. My dad pulled in the pits. He's like, you're riding. I'm like, huh, the hell I am. I'm like, trophy <laughs> trucks are five minutes behind you. You're crazy. And he's like. Are you seeing? He was like so windy. Like, here's water. Here's a banana. You're good. And he, he, I remember he he had a, a two flashlights in his in his can, in his butt pack. And he came into the pits with, or because it was uh, the sun had set. And when he came into the the finish line, he had both flashlights stuffed in his helmet like that. He had his helmet stuffed down and stuffed in his mouth. And he's just idling like you couldn't see anything. You can just hear him just just idling. And then he just pulled up in the at the finish line. It was it was fun. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Th- those are the those are the stories. Those oh, are the man. real the real deal stories. Oh about yeah, it was it was awesome. awesome. Being out there, I mean, you learn from from the guys that that did it. Uh, you know, in the old days where you finished no matter what it took. Oh yeah, if you had to carry the bike yeah, hundred yeah. miles, we doing, put it on your back. And, yep. If it was running, we're gone. Yeah, yeah. Even if it wasn't, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you get it in. Yep. You know, I mean, yep that's the that, that's the mentality i learned from you know right it, i don't care what happens you bring that bike to me yep because yeah, i told that to you many oh, times yeah. oh you know? yeah Just, for sure i don't care what's going on bring it in. <laughs> you know you bring it back to me yeah so as that day rings clear in your mind and yep. and, and you, you you look back on it fine did you have any idea that it would carry you through the, where you are today or or your level uh, you know i mean i don't Not, know how to cat- categorize yeah. it for you because you know they always say the greatest are the guys with the championships well if we talk championships we can talk how many score titles have you been involved with can we talk how many best in the desert titles have you been involved with right you know whether it be on the quad, and I know you've done some UTV stuff yep. to help out some people. Yeah, which we don't talk about UTVs on, <laughs> on an ATV talk. No, I, I I believe I have. Uh, we have three three Baja championships, and I, it's uh, two two best in the desert championships. But um, yeah, no, I've definitely participated in more more race wins, I guess you'd say, than than championships. But um, yeah, we uh, when I was racing down in in Baja with with Javier Robles and and Mike Cafro, um, yeah, we had a we had a good run. I mean, as soon as I got on Javier's team, 
we won everything. Like it was <laughs> like every single race. I mean, we would, we would, we would do also, actually, I take that back. I take that back. I, for whatever reason, I don't know why God hasn't let me yet, but I have not won a San Felipe 250 in anything. <laughs> Baja 500, three times in a row. Baja 1000, three times in a row. No problem. You think those ones would be hard. Right. San Felipe 250, no deal. What, you can't finish it? or you No, can't... no. I just, I, I've, I've lost that race by 30 seconds, I think like three times. Like, no maybe dice. Maybe you didn't just, train hard enough? Or? I, I think my lines... I think I need it next next time. Now I, I now I I know what I know what them locals are doing. I'm on <laughs> I'm on them. I got I got it now. It's well, on. Well, if you go down and hang out with Lippy for a little while, you'll uh, you'll pick up. I'm gonna make lines. sure I'm on his team. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, because he, he's got the line. <laughs> well, I mean, he rides. I think he rides Zoo Road like every day, like three o'clock in the afternoon. I that don't know. You see the videos. Oh yeah, he's sitting in the whoops every day. I'm like that. There's yeah. That's how he stays so young. Oh yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I beg to differ. If I rode whoops every day, I'd feel like I was 70. Oh, well, he, he did. He still rides. I oh, don't, yeah. I, you've ridden with him. I yeah, personally yeah. haven't. I've seen him at works. He seems to go pretty good. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's a good rider. He's in bots. I mean, it's always been always been attrition. I mean, that was always always my my main goal in racing the quad was uh, like I told you this at best in the desert, but I always want to sprint to the lead and then we can control the race from there. Cause we're, I mean, no matter what they physically have to pass us again and put time on us. So if, if I can sprint in front of them and get by them, then I can put it on cruise control and they got to have work through my dust and they're going to rush their pits and they're going to do everything. And that's, I mean, nine times out of 10, what always happened was I could just sprint, sprint by everybody and then just, throw it at 80 percent save save the equipment and have a great time so that was kind of my my mentality behind it and that worked more times than it didn't well yeah i mean i know a couple of vegas torinos that you uh put the bike out front and yeah uh, it was a it was a, just a coast to the finish basically yeah you know the, yeah. the rest of the day uh, <laughs> I, I know i remember one they put you out there in the worst possible conditions and it was just dusty and horrible and oh, yeah. you know you rode your 150 miles got off with a smile on your face and see you guys later it, oh yeah the last yeah i yeah, forgot the, about that and then went and jumped in the utv yeah yeah oh, yeah i don't know how that worked out for you but well my my actually actually i didn't jump in the utv my wife was racing the oh, utv so go. we went back and she got to race her first vegas torino on a side by side so that was that was a lot of fun well how how did you feel when you weren't the one racing because i know she's been there a long time oh yeah and went through yeah. a lot of racing with you how was it for you standing on the sidelines or sitting at the pit waiting for her to come in? It was actually one of the coolest things I've done. I mean, she she she's always, you know, the first one. In, she's, the, she's the one in the chase truck and she's making sandwiches and dialing everything and make sure we're all good. But it was really, really cool for me and my friends to, I mean, I, I, I mean, I have a great time. I love riding quads with a passion. And that day I literally got done and I was telling Shrek, I'm like, I'm not going to be totally honest with you. I've probably going to have to say I had more fun chasing my wife and her side by like, cause every single time her smile on her face was like, you couldn't even put into words, like how stoked she was, like how much fun she was having was like, it felt like it was my first Vegas Torino again. That's how, that's how it felt. Like it was just, it was cool to see her excitement and just how much fun she was having. Like we were all just, it was, everybody was having a great time. It was cool. You know, as I think, you know, we all forget. We spend so much time doing what we do, we forget how much fun it is. Right, you're right. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, 
Wayne Matlock, he, he likes, he always said it best to me. He's like, he's like, I always, and it like holds true out like after the last race on the, in the side by side, I didn't have such a good race. And the, he's like, I hate losing more than I like winning. And, and when he said that, I was like, man, that is so true. Cause like, all I want to do is win, but man, when I lose it, it's, oh, it just, it, it, it haunts me. Like I just, cause I just, I want it so bad. That's just, that's my, I just, I, I want it so bad. So, but you're also in a sport or in sports that are not, you're not going to, your winning percentage is not going to be very high. Oh no. You may have spurts where it's very high. Right. But your percentage of races, whether it be in your lifetime, be a thousand, you only got a, maybe a couple hundred wins. So right, you think right. about all of the yeah. loss there. So what that does in my mind is it teaches you what it's supposed to teach you. We forget because we do it so long to take that win, that one, that day, yep. take that day and enjoy it because tomorrow you got to get up and get ready for the next A hundred percent. And and that's, and the, the cool, the thing I love most about desert racing is it doesn't matter if you've done it one time or you've done it a thousand times, every single race, you learn something new. And, and, and if that's in your preparation, your chase trucks or your car, or just dialing every single thing in. And like the thing, that's the thing that's most hard for me is like, obviously when you built these quads for the, the whole best in the desert series, we put gas in that thing and twist it. And that was about all that thing needed. And we knock on wood, never had a single issue. And with, with everything like now the, like the side-by-side it's, you, you don't have that, that reliability. Like, obviously we had 20 years now of 15 years of dialing that quad into where it's, it's, I mean, if you, if we build it the way we know how to build it, it's, absolutely impressive I mean, I, we've, I, that you know i'll have to i'll have to interrupt the, the 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 train so don't lose your thought that platform for me is ultimately my favorite platform to build obviously because i've had so much success with it right but there's you think you get to the level of you can't do anymore and you always find another thing you can do or something else you can do to make that machine just that much better and in the desert, I don't think you'll ever make or build another platform that's better. Yeah, I I, uh, I would have to agree with that. That that quad was, I mean, every race that we raced, I mean, it was so perfect. I mean, just every single ergonomically to to the quad, and even I mean, just yeah, it was. I I can't put it into words. I mean, I think I think the first Vegas you know I did, I think I rode like somewhere around 300 miles of that race. I mean, I was on the quad like all day and I, you're going to have to pry my hands off it to get me off that thing. I was having so much damn fun. I mean, I was like, all right, I guess you guys could have at it again. Cause it was, well, there's a video of that machine after the 500 and some mile marker. Yep. Going down the graded road, pinned wide open. It was slowing. That thing looked like it had to be doing about 90. And it was about doing that all day long. <laughs> and and it, did, it sounded just as good as it did when it left the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was too good. You know, you, as a builder, you build. And as a racer, I'm sure, you know, you, you hit the nail one race out of a, a season or one race out of three seasons. You hit the nail so perfect that it sinks and that was that machine because oh, yeah. when you cracked the throttle, the walls and the shop vibrated, the wrenches on the bench rattled, you know, and 
it just was so perfect. Yeah, it was it was solid. I, yeah, that was. I mean, just I'm down to our gearing, our tire package, everything that we we yeah, it was like you're saying it was it was we nailed it right on the head with. I mean, even the altitude and the jetting and everything for the whole day. I mean, there was not a single. Yeah, I don't. I, and that's the thing that that is a bummer because I I wish it was back in the day where there was all those big names because if if you have a day like we had you're at, them at, all yeah it doesn't matter if there's one guy or 20 guys like it, it doesn't matter like it's you know if you you have that good of a day you have nothing but gas in that thing all day long i mean you're yeah you're you're tough to beat but yeah yeah and uh, you know i mean the one pit we tipped it on its side because Early in the race, somebody ran into a rock and crushed the skid plate. Oh, yeah. And this chain had sawed its way through. <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, that chain's got to go soon. And I mean, it can't take that much more. Yeah. And and that was at the halfway point. And I'm just like, or a little past halfway. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, man, this is ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh... I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get you to ride one of my machines until later in your career. So I I benefited off of all of your teach, all your learning and, and all the things that you went through. And one of the things that I valued when we finally started working together is the trust that you had in me and the fact that I could call you and say, shake it down, give you parameters and limits. And you'd break those limits every time. <laughs> But you'd bring the machine back with a, you know, three or four item little list. Hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes they were insignificant and we would just do it because it was it, it was more of a mind thing for you than, right. a, than a failure thing. Right. And other times, you know, that was a hey, that's a good catch. You know? Yeah. 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 It was really, really, really cool of the, the I mean, the the Simmons family and and you guys when when he invited me to come to come race with them, I I. I had, uh, it's one of those like dreams come true. He's like, yeah, you want to come ride the quad? Like, and, and this was a turnkey built by you, like pick it up, go shake it down. Let's go race Vegas. You know, I'm like, I, if you want to twist my arm any harder, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll sure thing. I'll be right there. So, I mean, yeah, I, uh, it was kind of a dream come true for me. I had way too much fun with those guys. So uh, we had an excellent run with the, with the Simmons boys and they're, they're using the platform now and, and, and had taken that platform. Oh, and yeah. They're doing some excellent stuff there. Yeah, they're yeah, they're still running good. Uh yeah, they've won two out of the they've won two races this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, the only two they've yeah they've been allowed to with COVID. They're but. running machines that I built for them and works too. That, right, right. That, that, yeah. that they're doing pretty well on as yep. well. So yeah, it's 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 fun to see those kind of things. Um but let's get back to Josh Rowe and and um where do you see your future? I know I asked you about works. Um, is there a real possibility that, that the program could come to you that would put you back in the, on a quad in the works? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't, it, it's so hard because I, I don't know. I feel like for 10 some odd years, I was like risking it all for, you know, because my, my whole thing was when I first started was, you know, like there was a few guys that were making good money for factory teams. And that was like my goal was to be on the factory team. And by the time I finally got fast enough to kind of be up to where par with where those guys were, the whole economy went to nothing. And this the whole, the ATVs, as we knew it, were 
just diminishing. So, um, I don't really, I don't really see, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really see it. I mean, with, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that exactly. <laughs> you still love riding quads? Oh, that's my, yeah, I, I absolutely love, I mean, I, it's sad that I don't have one anymore, but, um, yeah, I, I, uh, when, when, I mean, the, the reason I sold my last quad was because I was riding Simmons like every other weekend. So I was, I was good there, but <laughs> I got, I got rid of, rid of my last quad a, a little while back and I'd just been riding motorcycles, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I mean, if I was going to do it, it'd be, it'd be in desert for sure. I don't, I don't know. I don't think works. I, even to this day works as works haunts me every morning when I wake up my lower back and neck I swear just destroyed from that sport but you can't be that old I it feels like I promise you when I go to the chiropractor's like what happened in here like dude I called them I don't know I didn't make the track I swear but so you, you you still love the quad that reminds me a couple years ago you raced, I believe it was in a December race down in the desert where you raced the ATV in one race and the motorcycle in one race. And you ro- drove a car. Yeah, I uh, actually, it was pretty cool. I raced the the motorcycle. So I always, I always have been, the, since I started racing motorcycles, I'm like, oh, well, if they have motorcycle race in the morning, I mean, might as well, because there's a lot of the, like District 38, it's illegal to go, to go pre-run the course. But if I sign up and race a motorcycle race, which is in the morning, I'm completely legal to go out there and ride the track because I'm racing. So I actually uh, took off took off the start line and almost whole shot it. I was in second for like the, the first lap in, in like the top class, like the open expert class down there. And I was chasing the leader around and it's around Superstition, which is, that's like my backyard where I, I mean, we do our Thanksgivings and New Year's and all our family trips are to Superstition. So I, I, I know that place pretty well. And I came around the back and the first lap, I was like, wow, I'm like pretty close to this guy. I mean, he was in sight and I was in his dust. I'm like, wow, like, all right. I'm like halfway through the second lap. I'm like, yeah, this, I'm just cruising. Like, I'm going to turn it on. Like, I, I, I think I got this guy. Like, I really think I can get this guy. And I caught him past him and I went by him. And I'm like, okay, like never done this before. Normally I'm on the quad. I'm like, you know, it's one of those things where you just feel like you're, you should, you shouldn't be there, but you know, I didn't feel like I was doing anything crazy. And I ended up winning the motorcycle race. I'm like, wow, like that was pretty cool. Cause I, somebody coming from a quad is it's unheard of to go ride a motorcycle and, and do that. So I overalled the motorcycle race and then, uh, hopped on the quad. I whole shot at that one and ended up winning that one. And then the side-by-side race, we, we, uh, I raced with my dad and we ended up getting, we ended up getting second, but we were like so close. I mean, we like, I think I finished like 30 seconds behind the leader. Like it was, I almost, almost did all three. It was, it was pretty cool, but yeah, it was fun. I always, I always liked to, or wanted to, to be like a well-rounded racer. Like I always like growing up, like Eichner, like he was, a, I mean, that guy was able to go ride any single possible thing with wheels and be ungodly fast. So I always looked up to that aspect of being able to, like even when I, like when I was racing, I was like, oh cool, I can go. Like there's guys that could go down to score and can kill it and go to works, and you're like, you should maybe be in the B class, like right. at best. So there's there's you know that that side of it to where I just wanted to be a, a well-rounded to where I could go, uh, like I could show up here and people were worried, and I could show up there and people were worried. So there's some famous dudes we know 
that won't go to a works race because they're just not their cup of tea. hundred percent. Like there's, there's, there's quite a few guys that, it, I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. Works is, works is its own animal. And that's what I was saying. Like, if you don't have the, like when I was first started, I mean, I had the time to go practice and learn all that stuff. Like, I mean, if you, if you had a full-time job, like there's no way you're going to go figure it out. You know I mean? You're hitting 60, 80 foot doubles and triples and all this stuff where it's like, there's no way you're going to figure it out. But yeah, I, I mean, I just dedicated every, every ounce of myself to, to figure it out, to be one of the top guys. So that's awesome. You also had a big event happen in your life here. Not recent, not too far back. Uh, it's coming up on a year, I believe. Oh yeah. 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 So how's that working out for you? So oh, far? good. Good. Yeah. No, we, uh, me and Jordan got married in, uh, uh, September and thank God it was before this, all this craziness in the world. So that's, that's good. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fun. She's, she's my best friend and she, she loves go. I mean, she has a side by side. She goes down to Baja with us and all the rides and she's, she's right there in the mix with it. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. We go down with, uh, Wayne and Kristen Malloc and, and go do all their rides and in, in the side by sides and have more fun than we probably should. But well, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, as, as long as you guys, as long as you guys are having a good time, that's all yeah, really it's cool. Her, her, her dad is. Uh, he's always ever since me and Jordan first started dating. Like he was uh, her brother. He he raced motocross growing up. So Dan was her dad was always around it, and so it, it's cool. Like when we go down to Baja, I mean, he's like the. He's the first person that's got the chase truck loaded and coolers packed and gear back. Oh man, he's like, all right, let's go. Where are we going today? Like, let's. I mean, so he's he's he love he's a lover of Baja just like the rest of us. So it's a lot of fun. And their whole their whole side of the family as well as my whole side of the family loves it. So it makes it easy. Does your dad get to go with you on some of those rides? Uh, yeah, he's he's done he's done a ham, handful of them with us. He he's so he's so funny because he now he's into the UTVs too and and he. Uh, He's so diehard into that thing. I'm like, dad, you need like, you need something that you can come like he like he'll miss out on a lot of the rides just because he's like, oh no, my car's ready for the next race. I'm like, see, I don't care about the next race. Like these are like memories with your family. Yeah. That, but he's so diehard into racing. Like, dude, you're almost 60 years old. Like, give it up. Like, let's go have fun. Like, I, like I mean, I. I love racing as much as the next person, but I mean, hanging out with my friends and and going down riding down in Baja and just enjoying, you know everything that like all of our friends and family and everything it's like i'm like you killing me guy you you have to look at it this way um because i can answer that question i don't see a time in my life when there's not some form of racing in it no i'm not the racer that you are that eichner is or that hagsmith is or wean in or hetrick or any of those guys i'll never be that guy but I'm the guy that can turn the wrench to get them there. And, and I just don't see a time. Uh, and I say that lightheartedly because there are hundreds of mechanics that, that there are great ones that the unsung heroes that, that some of us don't even know who they are because they're so far behind the scenes and have never been brought out in, into the light. Um, that's what I hope this podcast does is um, not to change the subject, but I want to tell the stories of people that nobody's heard or some of the stories right. that that you're never going to hear like like the story of, of you at vegas serino that wakes up at two o'clock in the morning to pull the pull the valve cover off because you're so spun out in your mind that you think that you left something loose you had to check it out oh man i wake up at 
two o'clock in the morning with somebody with a flashlight over the top of our quad and I'm sitting there like looking out the and we slept in the bed of the, the bed or the trailer with the door down and I'm looking outside going, what is that person doing? And I realized it was you with your flashlight on and you said you couldn't sleep because you had to adjust or check something that you thought you left loose, but you didn't leave loose, but you just had to double check so you could go back to bed for another 45 minutes before we had to wake up for the <laughs> 4.30 start time. And, uh, but I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what it comes down to though. Like at the end of the day, like, and that's why just racing in general, the, the, the family and the camaraderie and all the friends that you make and, and everything that racing has brought me is, I mean, like, yeah, I, it's cool. I I love winning. I love racing. That's, that's awesome. But just like in, in your pit crews and, and dialing in your chase trucks and your, you know, your weekly getting everything ready and, and getting everything dialed to go tackle the desert like that that is what i enjoy just as much as racing like i love executing it but i also love all the friends and family coming together to to make it happen because it's you know at the end of the day it's not oh so and so is getting paid and they're making this much money and no this it's complete volunteer and just if you want to go have a good time then this is what we're going to do and you have some guys in your pit crew that are die hard uh die hard helpful and love it just as much or they wouldn't be there hundred and they suffer sometimes oh, do they ever do and, they, and ever. they could do it with a smile on their face and uh, you know uh, not to not to take the light off of you but uh shrek oh yeah he is in my truck <laughs> this man for anybody that knows him knows how big he is and my truck is not a small truck but my god i freaking can't believe that he fit in the seat oh yeah <laughs> Um, and, and it's not because he's, he's overweight. It's just because he's a big man. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's built that way. He's like a brick wall. Well, yeah, he's, 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 he is the first guy. I don't think he's ever, I don't, I don't, I, I'd have to, I'd have to go real back in the memory bank to think that I ever got off a quad and he'd be like, that was impressive or good job. Like he, every time I get off the quad, I'm like, oh my gosh, Rick, like that was so gnarly. And he goes, seriously? Serious, really? You got to get on another hundred miles. Like, eat a sandwich and quit your crying. I'm like, yeah, thanks for the like, thanks for the pet. Right, yeah, back, thanks right? for the pet talk, pep talk. Like, killing me. Like every single time. I get, I remember I got on I got got off on my section at the Baja 500. I came down to the lake bed. I get off the quad. It's like a it was a at 9:30 in the morning. I got off the quad after doing the summit, and it was a hundred and I think it was 11 degrees. Like it hadn't even. I mean, it was supposed to be crazy for the cars that day. And I got off and he literally pulls up in my truck and he pulls up next to me and he cracks the window and he goes, get in and just I mean, rolls the window back up. And he's got his AC seats going. I get in the truck. I'm like, seriously, Shrek, you couldn't even get out. Give me a gator. He goes, I'm not going to start sweating for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he would bleed for oh, 100%, 100%, me. Oh, 100 percent. 100%. If need be. But it, yeah, when I was standing there, he's like, so if you're fine, get in. I waste my time with you. I'm like, oh, cool. All right, I get it. We're at pit 13, waiting for the quad. And, you know, all day he'd been begging for something to do. <laughs> you know, and I, I let him mix the gas once. And yeah, yeah. I let him dump, uh, give me the gas can once or twice. And, I mean, the guy is just foaming at the mouth to do something. <laughs> so I get a call from my daughter. And it's not an urgent thing, but, you know, we had 10, 12 minutes for the bike was going to be there. And I'm laying out nuts and bolts because we're thinking we got a big enough lead. We're going to change the skid plate. And I and Shrek goes, hey, 
hey. And I'm like, dude, I'm on the phone. <laughs> and he steps back for a second and he goes, hey, the quad's coming. You know, super loud, you know. And, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? And I look up and it's right there. And I'm like, oh, great. We're not even ready. No, I don't have the tools out. It, you know, oh, I, it had to have been 10 minutes early. Right, right. And, Oh, it was just the greatest thing on it. Look on his face. We throw gas in it. And oh yeah, because I I was coming in on the quad, and we like you guys had literally just pulled up. And as I got off, and the quad took off, and we did everything, I walked over and because we had the, our my buddy Nick in the motorhome, and he was chasing, and he was pulling it. Like he pulled up, and just opened the doors and get in. I'm like, okay, cool. Hop to the motorhome. <laughs> oh man, it was, that, that race was too much fun. Uh, yeah, because we couldn't we couldn't keep up really right yeah we were yeah we were we were moving that day oh just (laughs) leapfrogging right along yep uh you know pulled in the finish line and then you know the party was over and i was just (laughs) uh okay it's time to go home all right you know as smooth as it gets yeah Yeah. i mean we were we were leaving and the team third place hadn't finished yet and their team was pulling into the driveway and they're looking at the, they, I remember their eyes must have been <laughs> yep. silver dollar size because we're driving out and they're looking at the bike and they're like, uh, they're done already. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like about Schwick, he, he's, he's always told me because he, he loves the quad. Cause we, we, you, you get up at four o'clock in the morning, you race all day and you're done by, you know, six, seven o'clock and we're hanging out, you know, telling stories about the day. And Every single time we go race down in Baja or Best in the Desert or anywhere, mainly Baja because you're, you're, you're two lane roads go back and forth. But when we'd be heading to the finish, the side by side guys would be heading to start their day. And Schwick always told me, he goes, the day you tell me you're going to race the side by side, I'm out. And so Schwick's getting suited up to chase me at Vegas Torino this year in the side by side, and he is not happy. <laughs> I'm like Jordan and Schwick were talking about it when we were on the way to Silver State. She goes, she goes, hey Schwick, I'm like yeah. He's like, do you not find it funny that that now you're you're going to chase Josh at the side by side? Like, Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it, they say it's a step up, but maybe it's a step down. Uh, it's really hard. It's really hard to say. Um, you know, I've done some side by side testing, and it's. I can tell you, uh, it's not for me. Right, right. M- maybe not at this point in time in my life. It's not for me. Um, <clears throat> I, I've spoken with other racers, motorcycle quad guys, and the transition isn't there for them. And at some points, and other guys are just like like you. Hey, it's great. You know, it's fun. It's, I get to go. I'm competing. I'm having a good I just time. Love, I just love the competition. That's the the, when you show up and there's 40, 40 people in your class, you're like, all right. Like, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of people and a lot of people I got to pass. Well, you've also had the opportunity to, to ride a co-driver in a winning program. Yeah, oh yeah. And, yeah. and, and that helped teach you some things about it as well. Yeah, sure. totally. Uh, that was one of, that's kind of the, where I got the main transition was obviously Wayne Matlock was very, very successful in racing quads and transferred over to racing the side-by-side. And Wayne asked me cold turkey out of nowhere if I wanted to race the ball with that 1,000 with him like three years ago. And I've, I've raced every Baja 1,000 with him ever since. And we've... Knock on wood. I mean, we, we we haven't won one, but this last year I was able to do to do really well. So I'm hoping that that well, if we if we have a Baja 1000 this year, that that right. we'll we'll have good success. But yeah, he's a he's definitely been a big a big. Obviously, he's I mean, got just as more, more knowledge than anybody that I know 
in those cars. So that kind of jump started me into doing my own to where I was able to get a good platform under me. That's awesome. Um, if we could talk about the younger riders that are coming up, um, some of them know who you are, obviously, because they watch you in Baja or they've watched you in Best in the Desert or even some of them still have seen you in works. Yeah. What would be your advice to them for their career? Because it is a career, even though you yeah, have yeah. to pay your own way. Yeah, it's yeah. still a... Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I definitely... I mean, I always... I always... When I... I, I would always preach to, to ride with anybody... Anybody you possibly could that's faster than you. Because... Any, any chance I had to ride with somebody faster, whether it be Bo Bear, uh, when I raced with Mike Caffro, I was riding with Bo Barron all the time. And when I raced with Dustin Nelson, I would ride with him all the time. And there are so many tricks and, and things that even if you think, I mean, I, 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 I'll go back to when, when I watched, <clears throat> I was racing Pro-Am and I watched Josh Frederick. Sorry, I was, I was leading the Pro-Am class. And I'm going down this sand whoop road and there's somebody standing at the very end. It's a flagger. And he's, 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 he's like waving me out of the way. And I think he's talking to somebody else. I got like, you're like, there's no way you're talking to me. Cause like I'm leading, like I'm not a lapper. Like I'm, there's no right. way. And this guy's flagging me out of the way. And I remember I looked over my left shoulder and Josh Frederick, I mean, I swear he touched the ground for like six feet in this like quarter mile stretch. Cause he just went triple triple double into the turn and was gone and i remember i was sitting there and that day i remember i went i will never ever be able to do that on a quad and towards the end of my career i got to that point where i was able to do that but there are so many little things that you can pick up and learn in riding with somebody faster as well. I mean, just, and you have to keep your mind open. Like if you, if you go to a works race and you're running the main beating groove line, you're going the wrong way. Like that was always. And when I, when I started to ride with Bo consistently and Nelson, Nelson, Nelson was always, I mean, he was, he would, Nelson was strong. He could, he could bulldog the main line and be really, really fast. Bo, Bo could work lines in that, you wouldn't see till an hour and 45 because he finally ran it in enough times, but they were, his lines were so fast. And that's why I always, he, he always is so good because he couldn't, he would not use any energy. If you can, if you can find the smoothest, fastest line without using your energy at, at these long races, I mean, you're going to be the guy to beat because you're not ruining your equipment. You're not ruining yourself. And you are just, I mean, you're just, but you're just flowing. I mean, everything will just start to click and, I don't know. I, I always, I always, I mean, you just have to, I mean, you just have to work at it so hard. I mean, the, the top guy, I mean, it's, it's who's going to outwork who. And as well as that's the thing is it's not just you being in shape. It's always also having equipment, having your suspension dialed, but I, I've always, my, and I kind of got this from my dad that you, if you, if you get beat and you, you do things like that, I, I was, I was always the first person to blame myself. Never was I like, Oh, my, my, my front shocks weren't doing this or my tire pressure was wrong or my anything like that. I was always blame myself. I never would blame my quad because I, I always thought that I could fix, fix what the quad was doing. If the rebound was too fast. Okay. I'd go around some of the bigger bumps that I knew that it was going to kick on or, you know, any of these, any of these things that I would, I, I could try and counter just in my riding style, like, oh, I, I can fix that. Like I, I I can, you know, oh, it's too much tire pressure. I can run into gear high. I can, you know, I can, I can do these different things, but I just, uh, 
in, in learning from, from Bo and, and Nelson and those guys, I mean, I just, I feel like it's things that you can't teach that, that make the, the best riders. Like there's, there's guys that, Oh, you know, they, they're going to this, this, this trainer or this, or they're, you know, riding coach or stuff like that. I, I'm all, I, I feel like I'm the type, like you, you let them go ride, you make a track and you can work on them with things here and there. But I feel like it's, it's something that you got to want yourself. It, it's something that you have to, you know, really believe in yourself and, and know that you can do it. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. When the green flag drops, I don't care how bad your suspension is. Make it work. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's how I feel. I feel like in it was funny about two two years ago. I was <laughs> I had a pit in Laguna Salada, and the chase truck was like way far. I don't know why they parked so far away. They, we parked. They had to pit me under this bridge, and my rebound was so off that I mean, literally, I had to ride up over the bars to get the thing to like just like the way it was, it was work like to get the suspension to counter. Like I couldn't get the weight over the front to get it to, to do what I wanted. And when I pulled into the pits, I was like, I, I was screaming at him. Like, I need a screwdriver. I need a screwdriver. They're like, yeah, it's at the truck, like way over there. I'm like, and oh, I remember I'm like, it. Oh, I'm like, Oh, like I literally have to ride an 85 mile section with, with this shock doing this. I remember it was like, it was the same thing. It was like 102 degrees at, at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm riding this section up over the bar. Just like, Oh, I remember when I got off that thing, I was like, thank God. I'm like, here's a screwdriver. Let's fix this. And now that my whole rough section's over without it handling, right? You guys have fun. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always been that type to just try and counter, counter what the quad was doing. And I, I yeah, I don't know. It feel, feels like so long ago that I was lining up with 20 guys at works, but those were good times. Let's roll into, I, I have a couple more uh, questions I like to ask because I like to know. Um, nemesis, who's your biggest nemesis? That works. Anywhere. <clears throat> I mean, the guy that sticks in your craw. He may not now, but the guy that stuck in your craw during your during your racing. Really, they got to you. Um, hmm. Can't be that hard to think of it. Yeah, no, I... I mean, every guy that I'd bang bars with, I'd never really, I mean, the only things that would frustrate me, like with, with people like literally Bo, like when, when he would, how he would be able to, I seriously, I wish I could put it into words, how that guy could go out the first lap. And I know for a fact that he wasn't in his motorhome, like, okay, this line, I'm going to do this, this line, I'm going to do this. This guy was just born with this. Okay. Like, this is not something this guy worked at. He just, he's just good at it because like we go out and I mean, I literally, he could go he, second lap. He could start nailing these lines. And that was the most frustrating thing to me because by the, by the time I was literally tired and that was when I started going to these other lines, like, Oh my, this has been here the whole time. Like I've been hammering these other lines, just trying to make them work. And that was like, that was the most frustrating thing to me. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't ever like towards the end of racing works I could, I could get it i could i could i could get it quicker but i get it about 30 45 minutes not <laughs> second lap like this guy could but i mean he was just so consistent and smooth and it's so funny because you watch his riding style and he like he doesn't do anything spectacular like he's just you know he's just real square and just you know keeps the the traction to the ground and he's he is he's the man it's, but so i would have to say that I, he might be on the other side of the ticket 
the guy that you admire the most? Yeah. Him, yeah. Him. Yeah. He definitely be, I mean, just in, it, he, all right, we'll just, this is on the record, but it's off the record. So uh, you remember this is being taped. Absolutely. So th- this, this is what I love about Bo Barron and I, I'm sure he'll tell you cause it's, it's cool. So when we raced, when I, I stopped racing works and Bo contacted me and he said, he said, what's it going to take for you to come back to racing works? I was like, Bo, I literally don't have suspension or pipe on my quad right now. Like I, I, I don't, he's like, cool. I got an extra set. Come pick them up. You can, you can use them. Like I, I, I want you to come race. I'm like, okay. And so I showed up at Taft and raced. I think I got, I got a podium at Taft and then, um, we went to Sand Hollow and I've always like at Superstition, it's that sandy, rocky terrain. And that's kind of how Sand Hollow is. And we go out and practice. And when I used to, like when I first switched back to the Honda, I was, I bought one of Hagsman's bike and it had this rocket ship for a motor in it. And so this motor I had now was literally like a Baja motor, like just port and polish with a cam, nothing spectacular. Like it just ran 91. That was it. And the, but the coolest thing that this is what I was trying to get to was me and Bo go off for practice and, and we're ripping, having a good time. And we get done and we're sitting at Sand Hollow. We're overlooking the water. We're drinking a Budweiser because that's what Bo drinks is Budweiser. And we're drinking a Budweiser. Bo's like, so you ready to win tomorrow? I'm like, get out of here. Like, cause he, I was like, get out of here. Like, here's the bag. He's like, oh, I, 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 I don't know why, but I, I, this track just doesn't do it for me. I'm like, so get out of here. We're, we have a couple more Budweiser's. And I remember uh, Davey Hagsma's dad was there and he walks over and he's like, both you boys are drinking beer. Shouldn't you be ready for the race tomorrow? And me and Bo just start dying laughing. We're like, oh, we'll be fine. And he's like talking crap. Like he's like, oh, Davey and all them, they're not over there drinking. They're not doing any of that stuff. Me and Bo are like, okay, whatever. And then that day me and Bo went one and two. I, I won that day. And it was, it was, it was so cool, but it's it just the, the type of guy that Bo is, he's so laid back and his talent level is so God awful high that, I mean, he can, he can just pick anything apart. And that, that was my thing. Like, like you're saying, admiring him. Like I growing up, it was Frederick. Cause just, he was like this, this idol of mine and, and, and Wayne in the desert and Bo at, at the, at works was just unbelievable. I mean, like it, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he, yeah, I'd sit back after races and like look at like look at his lap times, and they're I mean they're not even like seconds apart; they're like tenths apart. Like I'm like, how how do you run a two hour main event and you're tenths apart? Like I, it's crazy to me. So that's and that was the other thing that kind of kind of bummed me out is when Works went to like an hour moto. Like I was like, I mean, I I mean I I mean I'm not too in shape at the moment. I mean I I I could run an hour moto like sure thing like no problem like the Anybody can hold on I, for an I hour. Think, I think they lengthened them this year. Yeah, like 15 minutes. So they right. had they're supposed to pit, but even the guys can they can put a bigger tank on it now to where they can still run the whole thing, you know? Like right. it's like but yeah, like you can bend the rule a little bit. Right. And, and I was and blow uh, the tank up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can you can I, I know early on in works when we were running the Honda, we ran a really big tank. Yeah. So we could go and you know, I'm dropping half a gallon of gas at at the hour ten mark. You know, just just so it'll roll across the finish line. Right. Totally. Guess. Totally. But but no, I, I get it. There's always there's always a way around something, d- depending on how how you want to get there. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed having you come. I really appreciate you stopping by and, and talking with us today. Um, uh, uh, we'll get you some notification when the episode's up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I Absolutely. hope you listen uh, and get your friends to listen and, and, totally. and, and follow. Uh, please, uh, you have an open invitation to come back anytime you want. <laughs> uh, I know you were in an earlier episode with uh, the roundtable. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I think I, this is really cool what you're doing. I, I, I think uh, the more people that share it and like it and, and, and get it spread out across. I mean, the ATV community is is so big and it's been around for so long that I, I think it'll it'll be cool to see, to well, see where it goes. I'm going to put a mission statement video out because I don't think everybody understands what it's about. Right. And they have to understand that it's not about me. Yeah. It's yeah. not about Duncan Racing. It's about you. It's about whoever's sitting in that other seat on the other side of that microphone. Uh, because I want people to hear your story because they, not everybody understands how big of a fan of the ATV industry I really am. Right. To do the things that I've done in my life and to spend the hours and the hours and the hours in, in these god awful places eating the, <clears throat> the amount of dirt that I've eaten, <laughs> uh, you know, and the bled and the, the sweat and the tears. Uh, well, I think the thing that's cool is like you're saying, like it's, it's cool to know like, okay, yeah, sure. That guy, like, like, even the guys in Europe or France or even like, you know, all the, all the people that we know that have raced and all their championships, like, yeah, that's cool on paper, but like, what did it take to get there? That's like what, that, that's the, that's the cooler story, you know, like, you know, did, did, did you lose a motor two hours before, you know, we were leaving for the race and you had to have it rebuilt or stuff like that, you know, like there was, there was races that, yeah, I mean, I, well, sorry, this is a little side note, but when, remember when I went down and I was racing, I built my own quad and Lauren, we had a motor and I had a motor fail like 24 hours before I was leaving. And Lauren had that thing to the cases and back together. I couldn't even believe it. He's like, yeah, it's ready to pick it up. I'm like, huh? Like, yeah, you're still going racing. I'm like, Oh, like, I, I, like things like that. Like it's, it's, it's so cool to, to, to be a part of and, and, and get to see. So yeah, I think it'll be cool. I dropped a tappet out of a Raptor head and it went underneath the cam and broke the head in a water jacket. Oh, full, filled the motor full of coolant on for for Vegas to Reno on the shake in or the, the the shakedown ride leaving the next day. <laughs> you know, so I've oh been boy. there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, you had to you had to pull the motor out, drain it completely cuz it was full of water. You know, it just you know the story. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, we got it back together. Makes the best. We did. We had a great race. <laughs> you know, I think when we got rid of that quad, quad, it's still the same head that got welded. Right, right. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just a lot of fun to talk about this stuff, and 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 I'm just hoping that everybody understands that. You know, I'm just I I, I say it over and over again, and I and I truly mean it. I'm a fan. You know, and I love the stories and I love to hear about, to me, the, the, the icons and the heroes that, that go out and, and have made this industry so great and done things, you know, from the way back guys, you know, like I, I, I had the fortunate to talk to Jimmy White not too long ago, Marty Hart. Um, and there's other guys that I'm trying to line up that were, you know, just bigger than life when I was a teenager. You know, going to the nationals and and seeing these guys ride is oh my god, that's so and so. You know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. When I like when I, I mean when I was growing up, like my dad would he my dad told me Dean Sundahl how many how many races that guy's won. My dad's like my dad's always told me that his win list is like bigger than 
any like in 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 desert racing like his his he's won it all yeah Many like times. it's it's just it's unbelievable like my dad was telling me he's like yeah i think he's won like parker 400 like over 10 times and the only reason he lost the last one is because he ran out of gas like just like stuff like that where it's like when i and it's cool because dean sundahl raced district 38 so when i first started racing i'm like holy cow like this guy is like an icon like this guy is like the man so like it was it's pretty cool to just you know See the legacy of, of hey, ATVs. The factory Honda poster with Dino Dean freaking oh, yeah. laid oh, up. Ripped out. You yeah, know, yeah. They, you know, falling off the quad it look, or the three-wheeler it looked like, yeah. you know, in the poster. I mean, it, it's awesome. I, I remember we had one up in the shop forever. So, yeah, they, these are the things that that I like to talk about. And, and, and I just hope that everybody enjoys and. You know, we get to, we get to talk more about totally, it. and I'm hoping I'm hoping for myself, being a fan of you, that that you do get that ride and that you do get to come back and spend a couple more seasons <laughs> racing, right? whether it be dirt, desert or works. You know, I mean, uh, dude, I'd turn wrenches for you wherever you go. I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's just uh, it's just an honor to to be around all of you guys because you have an amazing talent. Things that that I could never do on an ATV. I get to watch my my quads do. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that that's a pretty special thing yeah so. totally but again thank you very much and yeah and i and i hope you'll come back and uh tell jordan that we love her and that we, we <laughs> right? missed her right, you know, right. I, I can't believe she's not here <laughs> right you know in every portion of racing that i've ever seen you in she was there oh yeah she's yeah she i don't think she's no she's never she's never missed a single race i've ever done so that's pretty i can't believe she missed this <laughs> right because <laughs> she would have had something to say oh there's no doubt about that all right, buddy. Thanks again. Yeah. Stop by anytime. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.